Hello, this is Open-Ended, a podcast where truly no topics are off-limits, and I'm your host, Callie Wiesner. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hi everyone, it's Callie. I'm so happy you're all here. Um, welcome back to an episode. Um, just a slight disclaimer. I know I originally said on Instagram that I was going to release a new episode this week or last week rather. Um, but I just kind of decided incredibly last minute that I didn't want to have to put on episode. Um, I just wanted to kind of think about that week and kind of process it a little bit more, um, and kind of start fresh this week and make a new episode that I really felt passionate about and one that I know I could do really, really well. Um, I kind of wanted to take some time just to kind of explore all that. So for this week, I'm going to be talking about a really interesting topic that I've actually been kind of thinking about a lot recently. And it's basically this, I, this question, it's basically a question. It's not really an idea, but it's why do we hurt the people we love or people that we're close to? I just, why do we do it? It seems so simple. We love these people. We don't want to see them hurt, but we, we do it again. We do it time and time again. Why do we do it? Rather, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally, I think maybe part of us, it's because we ourselves are hurt. Now, that's totally an answer that I feel like a lot of people would come up with right off the bat, but I think it's true. I think sometimes certain people... It brings out that brokenness inside of us and whether that manifests itself as anger or sadness or just lashing out. I think that it definitely, if a person knows how to push our buttons really well, even if it's unintentionally, I think it can bring out that brokenness that I think is inside all of us. And whether we rebuild ourselves or we're still in that place of growing from it and kind of learning from it and processing it, I think we all are continuing it just brings it out. Um, and it kind of puts us in a situation where we kind of have to do it as a coping skill, whether that, and that coping skill in many ways won't be good because we'll end up hurting the other person. I think that it has to happen a lot of times for us to kind of learn that lesson and be like, okay, why do I do this? Why do I, why do I keep having this reaction? Um, and it's, we're not, either and it's we're not the victim or we're not the saint in this situation or maybe we are the aggressor but I think we shouldn't victimize ourselves in a lot of ways because I think that kind of keeps us stuck in that mentality and I think that that kind of keeps us from changing and kind of being like okay what can I do next time to make it less can I hurt the person less basically or make it not as impactful um and I'll start off with an example. At least for me, it's, I have done it a couple times recently and I've tried to think, why do I keep doing this? Um, What allows me to keep having this reaction and why am I so on edge? And I think for a lot of reasons, it's because I myself am going through 
changes constantly. And I think a lot of people are going through changes constantly. And we're kind of, and I think we get to this point where we're sick of change and we just want consistency. And I think that that can kind of manifest itself as frustration and anger because we just want that consistency so bad and we can't have it. Um, and it just, it's a bummer that it's that way. But we need, I think we need to focus on being flexible. Flexibility and resiliency is definitely some things I think we all need to practice and focus and keep um, practicing it, basically. Um, and another reason why I think we do it, or I guess adding on to that, is kind of just that we almost, um, in a lot of ways, are insecure or broken ourselves and we're still trying to grow from it we're still trying to become more confident and less insecure um I think that with certain people it brings out those insecurities and we're just kind of in this state of oh my gosh like we get defensive because I think that in a lot of ways insecurity can bring about defensiveness it can kind of make us do that fight if if it's between fight or flight it's that fight whether insecurity is a lot of times um linked with submissiveness and sadness and all those things. But I think it also can be um, attached to anger and frustration and kind of just this feeling of like, oh, I can't do it. Um, Like that quote, I don't know who said it, but hurt people hurt people. It just, it makes it so simple. It makes sense. We're all hurt and we just have to grow from it. It's way harder said than done, a million times harder said than done or a million times harder, um, it's easier said than done, jeez, I cannot, words today, um, but yeah, I think we all have those insecurities, and when we're with people we love, sometimes those insecurities can be drawn out, and they can be really shown in a way that where we get defensive, and I think that that's hard. It's hard for anybody. It's hard for us because we realize, oh, we messed up and we did something bad and we hurt the other person. And then we just feel so, so guilty. And it's so hard. People always say, oh, write it off. You'll be fine. Like, think of it as a learning experience. Like, you'll learn from the next one. But it's so hard to do that. It's so difficult to do that. It's, I think, because as people, as humans, it's so hard for us to just forget about the past and move on. We're either stuck thinking about the future and thinking about what's going to happen, being anxious about it, or thinking about the past and being angry and sad and kind of like, why did I do that? And almost guilty. And a lot of times we're not very present. We're hardly now are we all present and really thinking about what we're doing. And so I think that really saying, oh, just write it off. You'll be fine. Think of it as a learning experience is not helpful because we all know that we have to do that anyway. In order to grow, we need to think of it, take everything in the past as a learning experience to get where we are now, and then we can be better in the present and the future. But everybody knows that, so it's not good advice. Um, At least for me, what I've kind of been thinking of it as is, okay, it's a pattern. I see it as a pattern what can I do to make it better? So just changing that narrative even slightly has helped me just begin that process at least being like, I can't write it off and say, no, that didn't happen. But I can say it did happen. But what can I do next time to make it better? Or 
what can I do next time to be less harsh, less rash, or be less um, either whether it's judgmental or angry or kind of abrupt. Like we say something that we don't mean and we immediately say it and we just are like, oh, why did I say that? I think a lot of the times we say that, whether it can be mean or abrupt or even just like silly. Um, So for, at least in my case, I've kind of just been like, okay, what caused me to be abrupt? Well, because I need to process things. I need to process things that have happened that led me to be the way I am and kind of thinking about, okay, how can I be less abrupt? And it's, and how can I stop hurting people that I'm close to and that I genuinely love and care about? Because it's so hard. We always, I, as people, a lot of the times we say things that we don't mean. And it can, and what we say can be mean. They can affect people. And I think that trying to stop saying those things, saying, making, telling ourselves, you know, I'm not going to say those words again because they're mean and they hurt people, also doesn't help. We need to realize, okay... It's going to, we need to accept the fact that it's going to happen again, but it's being more prepared for it that matters and being, and stopping ourselves in the moment a little bit. And it's really hard to do. That's total prefrontal cortex action. If um, anybody listening knows anything about the brain, the prefrontal cortex is one of the last parts of the brain to be fully developed. I believe it's in your mid twenties when it fully gets developed. But as teenagers, we say a lot of things that we don't necessarily mean because our, we act on emotion and not log- logistically, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think just trying to at least think about it a little bit more is super helpful. And it aids in that process of being like, okay, what can I do to improve my behavior? Whether that's therapy or just kind of finding something where you can kind of start to process things. Or if you have processed things, at least for the most part, what can, what have I not done that I have done before to fix it and fix the issue? Because even though, yes, it always isn't about fixing it. I think it's about making it better and making amends. I have found that there's no harm in saying sorry because it doesn't make the situation worse. Um, well, yes, you'll still have that awkwardness and you'll still have those emotions there, I think that it makes it, it shows that you're compassionate and saying sorry and being like, I'm sorry I acted that way. I acted because of X, Y, Z. I acted because I was stressed or I was nervous or I was thinking about something. I was really upset. That is powerful because it shows that you care. Because I think a lot of the times we think, oh, I'm not at fault for my behavior. It's because of what is happening to me. And that's at the time where we need to take accountability a little bit and realize, yes, I messed up. That was all on me. Take that responsibility and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you. And sometimes they won't, people won't forgive us. And that's okay. Because sometimes people just need time. If we hurt other people, sometimes they just need time to reevaluate things and step back a little bit or if after they step back and realize that they don't want to be part of your life anymore that's okay I think so much we focus on what happens when you're the person that chooses to not want to be with that person anymore rather than 
you, the person coming to you saying, hey, I don't really want to be friends with you anymore. I don't want to be your significant other. I don't want to be related with you anymore. Stuff like that. It's really hard to deal with that too. Especially if there hasn't been things before where it's been like talked about or really jumped out at you. Um, I think it catches you off guard a little bit. But I think sometimes it's for the best. You know, if that person doesn't want to be connected with you anymore, that's okay. And it's super hard when that happens because it puts you in a position where you don't, you kind of know why they did that, but you also kind of don't know. And you're kind of still processing it a little bit and being like, you're kind of a little bit shell-shocked, I guess you could say. Um, and I, But I think that in a lot of ways, if a person is like, you know what, I don't want to be connected with you. I don't want to spend time with you anymore. You kind of just need to, after you kind of get that in, past that initial period of just being shocked and angry or upset or really, really sad or almost depressed even, I think we need to realize that, okay, what happened happened. Whether that's good or bad, it happened and it'll make and it'll make changes that need to happen and bring about good. Because I think sometimes it happens for the best. Um, I have I um, used to have certain relationships and then we're not. And this was years ago, but we are not friends anymore just we're not friends anymore it didn't happen whatever but it happened for the best I think it made me a better person and then when I had friendships down the line I could better I could more be myself and then when I made better friends after those friendships I could realize okay in that last friendship this didn't work what do I need to do well I can be I could be more compassionate I could think before I speak and things like that and really um don't put out all of it on the line. Kind of practice holding back some things and holding back certain things about yourself or about others. That information that maybe other people don't want to know and kind of taking that time. Not everything has to come out all at once. You can kind of say it little by little. Because I think in my experience, I had let out all of this information at one time and it was overwhelming and it didn't always come up, come across how I wanted it to come across um, or how I needed it to come across. Um, and I think that that did create some damage and it did create some hurt and it did hurt people that I was friends with. Um, and I think that that's hard. I don't, I keep saying that's hard, but hurting people when you know you hurt someone it's difficult when you know you cause emotional pain. And this whole episode is about emotional pain and mental pain, but I feel like you've caught on to that by now. Anyway, when you know you caused emotional pain, it crushes you because it almost makes you think, am I really, a, am I a horrible person? Like, I can't believe I did that. That's so unlike me. Or that's, am I, I'm such a monster. Why would I do that? How, I'm just a horrible person. And I think we have to think those feelings in order to grow and move on. We have to think lowly of ourselves to realize 
to realize we're at rock bottom and we have to get up because being at rock bottom sucks. But yes, you may be there for a time, but there you can't get lower. If that may, if that gives you any peace of mind. Um, I know it's always a cliche too, but I think that having that thought pat process of being like, is this who I really am? Do I actually do this to people? Because it helps you become more cognizant of your behavior and your actions. Yes, you created damage, but you can then realize that you did those things and then how to fix them and be a better person overall. Um, and it's, it's just, it kind of sucks to feel that way, but we can't drown in it because it won't help us. We can't be in that frozen deer in the headlights vibe, not vibe, but action because it's not going to help us feel better. We need to have that thought process. It needs to go through. We need to think that we're a horrible person and then we can move on. Then we can make the changes in our behavior, whatever that may be, you know, it can be a myriad of things, but I think we need to have some self, not self-hatred, but maybe loathing a little bit um, in order to truly realize that sometimes we hurt people and we need to fix our behavior so we don't do that anymore because that happens and it is a bummer when that happens um, because hurting people, we never, um, I at least for me, I never truly want to hurt people. And when you realize that you hurt people, it's almost inexplainable because you have always thought yourself to be a genuinely submissive person that isn't very reactionary, at least towards friendships. And you're always the person that has had things happen to them and not been the aggressor. And you always think of yourself as that person. But when you realize I've become the person, the type of person that bullied me in middle school and elementary school, at least to some extent, it's a very full circle moment. And it's weird because you almost realize who have I become? How did I go from a person that was the one being bullied to, to the bully? How did that work? Did I just completely miss all of the message that I learned from that experience? How, like you almost three, 180 and you go on the opposite end of the spectrum and it's like, have I really not processed what happened to me even though I thought I have? Because you still see those people and you still know that those people exist that have hurt you in the past and you're just like, and it, you have a reaction to it a little bit. It's, well, maybe slight, you get almost a little bit nervous. You like feel like they're judging you and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Why are they judging me? Why are they looking at me? I feel like they're making fun of me right now. You almost become like you're shaking a little bit and you're nervous. And like, and for at least for me, I was like, why is that happening? Like, why am I still nervous? Still nervous. I thought I had processed it. And I thought I had like been in a good place where I've realized that, oh yeah, I am not my past as a learning experience. Those people were hurt themselves. And I think that in that, those relationships, I kind of put them on a pedestal a little bit 
and I think realizing that they had hurt happen to them too is the key, but I, I, it's hard for me to realize that a lot of the time, I'll be honest. And I think part of the reason why I hadn't fully processed that and acted the way I did in future um, friendships was because I hadn't fully processed it. And kind of thinking about that is weird. And I'm like, how can I further process something that happened? I don't even know how many years ago now. Um, because I thought I had. I thought I had processed it. I genuinely did. I was like, okay, I'm good. I don't need to see those people again. Like, whatever. They're not. I'm not associated with them. But still, like, seeing them again after COVID and all that stuff, or coming back from COVID, it's hard. It's not hard, but it's weird. It's weird to see them again because those feelings still come back. And... I think I forgot how much it truly had an effect on me because I hadn't realized how much it had an effect on me. I feel like that was very confusing, but I hope it made a little bit of sense there. Um, So that's, I think, what really it comes down to is we think we've processed our trauma or whatever had happened to us in the past, but we haven't fully processed it in reality. And we still have some more growth to do, and that's why we acted not unfavorable, I should say, um, in those relationships, um, those subsequent relationships, because we hadn't fully learned and we hadn't fully grown the way that we should have to be a good friend. And I think when we're not consistently trying to grow from that process, from that experience, it kind of puts us at a standstill a little bit. Um, to which takes me to where I kind of am. No, I mean, I'm not a standstill. I'm kind of after it, but I think I've realized now that I need to fully do a little bit more processing in order to be in a good place where I can kind of be in a good place where I can be a good friend that's supportive and that's kind and compassionate because I've always thought myself to be a kind and compassionate person, but I, I'm not at that point yet. And I think that's hard, a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. Where we think of ourselves as these really kind, compassionate, supportive, and helpful people. But in reality, we're not fully that way. It's hard because it's almost like a piece of our, identi- our identity becomes warped. Again, we're like, am I really this person? Am I a monster? This monster that everybody that I didn't think I was, that I thought those my bullies were, that is what kind of trips you up a little bit and that you kind of your identity again becomes warped um and I think at least where I am now again what I said before was I'm processing more things I'm realizing how I can grow I'm in my own lane I'm focusing on myself and the friendships that I do have and trying to be and trying to realize when friendships when or rather when I am getting along well and meshing well with the person because our interests at least are a little bit similar and our personalities are similar. Because while there's the idea like opposites attract, I think for friendships, it's not like that at all. On some level, your friend, your, the person who you're friends with should be somewhat similar to you. Whether it's personality-wise, interest-wise, anything like that, I think you need to be a little bit similar to that. And sometimes, sorry, I'm kind of cutting myself off, but... And sometimes 
it takes a little bit of time to realize, oh yeah, I didn't mesh well with that person because of X, Y, Z, because they were, they had different opinions about certain things than I did, or they acted in a way that I thought was different, um, or just the way that they, just whatever. It can be a myriad of things, but I think taking time, I think that it takes time to realize that we don't mesh with well with the person because we have like what this, what I like to call it, is a honeymoon phase of a friendship where the first six months of, to a year of a new friendship is amazing. It's great because you just have this new person that you're best friends with and you're hanging out and it's, um, and it's uh, a lot of times it's euphoric and you just, you feel so good and it's like, how could it get any better? But also, how could it get? It could get a lot worse. Um, and then after it, it fades a little bit. You fade out of that honeymoon phase a little bit. Then you really fade out of it. And you're like, wow, this is really hard. It's really hard to maintain this friendship. Um, and it just, I don't know why it's quote unquote failing. Now, this isn't all friendships, for at least for me. It's kind of been like, a couple, you know, we didn't mesh well. We had a really good time for the first six months to a year. And then we slowly tapered off. We kind of realized that we're different people. We have different opinions, blah, blah, blah. We have different interests. We just act differently towards others and towards ourselves. Um, and slowly things start coming out where you're frustrated and you're a little bit more reaction or, or you're a little bit more sad or depressed or whatnot. You're kind of thinking about it and you're just like, why does this keep happening? Why aren't we clicking? Blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, keep thinking about it. And then in some friendships, yes, you have that honeymoon phase, but afterwards, it slowly tapers off, but in a good way where you're not as euphoric, but you're still having a good time. You still laugh. You're still hanging out with that person. You're not sick of that person. You don't, and if you have a little bit of a kerfuffle or a little bit of like a little, I guess, quip or fight, you're fine and you move on and you forgive. I think in a lot of instances where it's hard to forgive that other person, because let's face it, it's hard to forgive a lot of the time. Um, It just, it doesn't work. Um, But when you can kind of get through it and realize, oh, I stepped out of bounds a little bit. I did something that was genuinely bad. You can grow from it in that moment and realize, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to unload information onto other people. Or I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. Um, and you can still maintain that relationship with that person without anything bad really coming of it. And kind of still realizing that you two, you and that other person or a couple of people mesh well together. And kind of you can grow as people from your experiences and from what happens. And you can talk about things that have happened in your life and grow from it. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, I guess you could say. I've just been thinking about it kind of a lot. And, like, why do we hurt people that we love? Especially in friendships. But, because let's face it, sometimes you can love a friend platon- platonically. I think that that's the word. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, platonically, platonically, that was the way, I, that was the word I was thinking of. Um, you can, and it hurts when you realize that you hurt them. It hurts for both sides. Um, and I think 
whether it's out of brokenness or we haven't fully learned things or just whatever it can be. I think if you take anything away from this episode, it's that trying to figure it all out is hard and it takes time, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it to have that little period of, of not self-hatred, but like thinking about yourself in a deeper way and kind of putting your um, self into that villain or that aggressor situation and then moving on and, and, and realizing what you can do later to fix it. At least that as what I've kind of come to is that we need to go through that process, that lengthy process and kind of think about it. And I'm still thinking about it. I'm still the, like thinking about how, why do, why do I continue to hurt people that I love? Cause I think we all sometimes do it. We all have that instances where you've hurt other people, but it's a matter of that person being, being forgiving and you being forgiving towards yourself and growth, mostly on your end if you're the one that does the hurting, but on the other end too. And we all need to think about it. And with that, I guess I'll leave you to kind of digest that a little bit. I know I ended kind of abruptly. I'm trying to work on that, but yeah, I think this episode... I guess went well, but thank you so much for people who continue to listen to the podcast. It means so, so much to me that you continue to listen every week and that you all are interested in hearing my voice weekly or at least semi-weekly and getting to know or at least knowing kind of how I feel about things and hearing me talk because I know sometimes certain people's voices can be a little bit annoying, but Yeah, I'm just so grateful that you all continue to listen. It just makes me so happy. Um, With that said, I'm going to have a new episode out next week. I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to keep continuing to work on posting, uploading weekly, and really just continue to do it because I want to keep doing it um, and keep consistently putting out new episodes. So if you want to talk more about this episode or... Um, be in more contact with open-ended you can follow me on Instagram or follow the podcast on on Instagram it's open-ended pod all lowercase no spaces or dots or dashes Um, if you want to contact me or have any ideas for episodes um, or just want to have see updates about the podcast or when new episodes come out so I hope you all have a great day week month year and I'll see you guys or I will have a new episode next week. Okay, bye-bye.